Hey everybody, welcome to this Board Game Life episode number 55, titled What is Too Many? This is the show about board games, tabletop games, any games we want to talk about, any other stuff we want to talk about, whatever. Uh, I am one of your fine hosts for today. My name is Rob, and with me, as always, I got my good buddy, Mark. Mark. (laughs) There you go. I was like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's your cue oh okay <laughs> um hi everybody i'm yeah. mark <laughs> i was waving at you from the other side of the studio to uh to to start talking I don't know oh if the, the bright lights they were in my face unfortunately so i couldn't see you yeah <laughs> is that why you always wear shades <laughs> that's just because my future's so bright <laughs> yeah gotta wear shades yeah no but uh yeah, let's see. We're just coming off of uh, Gen Con, the Gen Con High. Oh got man! Got a whole bunch. Got a whole bunch of games. Actually, what Gen Con was a month ago. Yep. Yeah. And I Time miss f- it. Miss it so much. <laughs> well, you know, in eleven months, you can do it again. I'm going back, dude. I don't care what it takes. I have to hitch a ride <laughs> out to Indianapolis. I'm going. <laughs> At least yeah, I'll be out there in the side, huh? At least hitch a ride to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, Chicago or bust. <laughs> as, as long as yeah, as long as you can make it to Chicago, you'll make it uh, to Indy. <laughs> you'll be going down the highway, and you'll see me on the side of the road <laughs> with a sign. <laughs> no, you'll or bust. <laughs> you'll be you'll be sketching on the back of my car. You remember sketching, where you hold on to the bumper when it's snowy oh, out? Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's sketching in August. It is August, right? Or July. August. Yeah. Yeah, I think next year is August 1st through the 4th, I believe. So. Actually, that's a good time. Because I remember a couple years back, they had it like on the 19th. It was like way late in August. And that kind of messed everybody up because kids are in school. Uh, Yeah, some are, yeah. My, my, my son, actually, my youngest just started today was his first day. Holy smokes. My oldest has been in school for three weeks. Yeah. My son and then too. my daughter doesn't start till next week. Hmm. So, but in fact, I'm leaving, yeah. flying her out to college here on Thursday. So yeah, I'm going to be down to one kid at home. <laughs> Are you going to send a uh, a webcam to her so that uh, you guys can play games remotely? <laughs> no, no, nah, we'll be good. She's going to be busy, so yeah. And maybe I'll get her onto BGA or something. <laughs> there you go. So we can we can uh, play all the games three person. There you yeah. go. <laughs> you, me, and her. But uh, yeah, so yeah, we're coming off of Gen Con, going back into the normal scheme of things. Um, I was at one of uh, my local board game stores last weekend, I think it was. I think it was last weekend. And uh, I, I saw a couple of things that I saw over at, uh, over at Gen Con. So some of the Gen Con games are are making their way into distribution nice. and over over into the stores. And yeah. 
So anyway, let's let's get on with the show. Let's do it. So so uh, what have you been playing? <laughs> All right. Well, here's the bulk of the show. So <laughs> I have. I have had a lot of gameplay um, since I've been back. The um, as my kids are leaving, you know, I'm down to one kid, and he really, my youngest is not really doesn't enjoy the board games. Yeah, and so I've kind of expanded my my gaming group. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, it was pretty much a Wednesday it's a night necessity. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Wednesday night, which was kind of every other Wednesday. Now it's turned into an every Wednesday night. Um, then there was a Monday night group that I got invited to. Now that Monday night group has now taking place at my house. Um, and I, so I host that every Monday night. Um, pretty much the same people that attend some of the people that attend the Wednesday night ones that I've like been playing with for quite a while and feel comfortable, you know, coming over to my house. Um, and then now on Thursday nights, um, some of the people that are in the Monday, Wednesday, we, uh, meet at this other lady's house and we're now going through Gloomhaven. So I, I'm basically playing board games three nights a week at least. And then we have our family game day on Sundays. So I've got four days a week that I'm getting board games in, which is awesome. (laughs) So, but, um, so some of these, uh, cater to, um, try to cater to my son who doesn't like to play games. Like the very first one, Monopoly Fortnite. He loves Fortnite. Um, uh, so we got a Monopoly Fortnite game for him a long time ago and he brought it out the other day and I was like, oh, okay. Um, it's actually not bad. It, it's, it's fun for what it is. It's kind of neat. You can put up a wall and block someone from shooting at you on one of the sides of the board. <laughs> so you're collecting properties from the game but um and i think i did win that one so um which was weird because i didn't expect it i would look like i was doing really bad and i was about to go out and the next thing i know i ended up winning so so but uh we also played some marvel united the deadpool expansion i did not like that expansion that expansion can burn in heck for all i care (laughs) it even states on it like you can't win it it's the game is rigged. It's purposely you just trying to survive as long as you can, basically, but you can't beat Deadpool. Um, so it's it's a weird expansion. I did not really care for it. Um, got in some more Planet Unknown. I really, really, really like Planet Unknown a lot. Okay. Um, I'm probably going to take it with me tomorrow to my Wednesday night game group and see if we can get another game in. Um, I got a new one called Take Five, which is was it Nim Six or Nim Six Nims? Nim Six, six yeah, is the yeah. German take for it, but it's called Take yeah. Five. So um I got that. We've played that. Um I did play a game called How, oh, how'd you like that? I mean, it's a cool one? card game. The take five? Six nymphed. Six nymphed? Yeah. yeah, I do like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. It's a good game. So I had played this a couple of different times um, at my game group. Different people bring it. And I'm like, okay, I, I like this. So I bought a copy of it. Um, and then we played it here the other night. Um, I do not know how to say this game, but uh, someone brought Nid, Nidavellir, Nidavellir, something like that. Um, it's a card game 
that has like bidding on how do I don't know even know if I can explain it or if I remember exactly how it was, but there was like a bidding process and you had numbers and, but like these coins, which would give you like you're buying bidding to take cards first or something. And there all these different things change and you're trying to build sets. So it's like a set collection and a, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's a drafting because you're bidding on them. Um, and the way the bidding's going changes. Sometimes you get to go first. I don't know. It's just really weird, but, um, it was an interesting game. So I, I played that, um, door, more door, dwarf romantic. Um, got some people mm-hmm. in my gaming group that were doing the campaign. So we are running through that and unlocking more stuff. And that's a pretty big hit actually. Um, people are really enjoying that. Uh, I mentioned Gloomhaven. I actually a played... uh, quick, quick thing on uh Dorf Romantic. I watched this one, uh, video channel, YouTube channel that, uh, discussed it. And it was actually interesting because they're kind of like a, it's kind of a, let's say, we'll call it a gamery channel. You know, they tend to like the heavier games and the guy was saying, it's like Dorf Romantic. It's, the game where you never lose. <laughs> it's like, okay, I see that. And uh, the whole gist of it was actually, it's like, it's basically you're guaranteed to win with the way that it is, but it's still interesting. And it has like an interesting um, mechanic to just keep people engaged. And I'm like, yeah, that. I can definitely see that, and that, that's actually kind of cool. So it's it's a little bit of a departure, especially with the whole campaign or whatever you want to call it um, that, that you go through. But uh, interesting take, the game that you always win. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true. Um, I know, and it's a lot better. It, it's really, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of strategy to the game, and it's, it's um it's fun to play but it can you got to have the right group because it is a co-op and yeah sometimes you can get people that are a little challenged (laughs) well they like to kind of tell everyone what to do oh the alpha player yeah so i mean you got to watch out for those types um when you play a game like this so i've got a really good group um what's interesting is the people i've been playing with they are like it it's these guys are so smart i'm i'm like i'm obvious i'm definitely the idiot of the group but um it's there's like things that people can see or moves that they see that it's like i just don't cuz i you know i'm newer to the gaming and i yeah. i'm still trying to grasp some of this and a lot of times i'm like oh this goes here well no you got to look at the bigger picture and um what gets me Okay, thank you, dogs. <laughs> what gets me about it is how how quick some people are. They can just be like, as soon as you flip a piece over, and they're like, boom, the best option is to go here. And like, well, it could go here. Yeah, but no, but it does this and that, and it won't give you this. And if you're looking over here and you're trying to get the longest one, of the, it's like, how do you know this like so fast? That That's what like, you know, I'm just so slow. It's like I look at things and... I, I was playing a new game um, yesterday. I'll talk about in a minute. And it was like, I 
kept apologizing. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm still trying to figure out what to do, but it was something I had never played before. But um, it's impressive how some people just, they just like, no, like it just clicks, mm-hmm. you know? And here I'm I was like, okay, I go there. If I put it here, it does this, it does that. I could get this many points. If I put it over here benefits us for, you know, and I'm just, that's just kind of the way I am with, with some of these games. So, um, it's interesting to hear different people's kind of thoughts on what's best to do. Um, Cause everyone's, you know, everyone can contribute <laughs> if you will, to the placement of everybody's tiles. So, but it's a really fun game. It really is. I do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do a very good job on Nidavellir. I, I do not know how to say this game. But it's about you are it's about dwarfs. So it says this this that's the name of the dwarf kingdom. Um, and it's being threatened by a dragon. So you have been appointed. Let's see. So you search through every tavern in the kingdom to hire the most skillful dwarves, you know, uh, basically. So, yeah, there are these taverns. So you go into like everyone's like kind of bidding. They put these like coins down to bid on a tavern. Everyone flips their coin over in the first tavern. And then you're basically whoever has the highest coin gets to go. And if there's a tie, then there's like this other order of each person has this numbered shard above them. And it's like that highest number one goes. So it's like, if, like Rob, if you and I had both put a three coin down on, and we were the highest one on the first tavern, and you had a four shard and I had a three shard over my board, then you would go first, but then we would switch shards. So I'd get the higher number shard. Um, so that that it kind of keeps and changes, um, helps people, I think, to have another opportunity later if you're tying to to get the the card your choice, but then you're like picking these cards to add into your collection or to your army, if you will. And then depending on the type of card you're selecting, they all have these different powers, different, they add up, you know, and you're basically just trying to score points. Um, and there's different ways each of them will score points and do things. So, um, interesting game. Um, but that's what that one was. I did kind of want to try to expand on that a little bit more. Um, Gloomhaven. So I've started a campaign um, and it's been, I am playing the, uh, is it the spell weaver? I think that's what I, I'm the one that's like casting magic. Um, and uh, then we've got, oh, I don't know who the others are. Um, there's, there's four of us in this game. I actually have to like, look it up to see what, what were the characters? Um, but it's, uh, there's one that's a, um, Oh, what is he called? He's like a big guy. He's like a tank. And, um, I totally drawn a blank at the moment. Like who my other companions are. This is embarrassing. Um, I'm totally drawn a blank. Um, but we've played, I remember. So the very first time I played now, my other three players have played it before but like the the lady that were at her house, she's done it like a solo. She's gone through it once, but it was just solo where she did it herself. 
Um, so she's always wanted to been, she's been, her and I have been talking about getting a campaign cause I've never played it. She's never played it with a group. Uh, so these two other guys have played it before, but I don't think either one of them have been able to completely play all the way through. Cause this sucker's a long game, you know, and the lady that we're playing with, she's just like, we're all kind of like, yeah, this will be a two year campaign and we're meeting every week. Um, and, we're trying to get, you know, just play it. But the first game we ever played, we we got killed near the end. And then it was like, um, um, we were like, okay, so now I'm kind of figuring out how to play this game with the cards. And like, it was confusing at first because it's like, you pick two cards and then you got to use the top move and the bottom move. And some, some moves, if you use them, you got to trash your card or, you know, um, and then you you know, you can't use it the rest of the round, except for me, uh, with my character, I can retrieve my trash cards, but, um, you can only do it once because then that card goes away, but it was, uh, very interesting trying to figure out just how to manage the cards. So after we went through that first one, I realized, okay, I know what I, and we lost, and I was thinking about it afterwards. I was like, okay, so when we got back the next time we got together, we replayed the first scenario. And I was like, okay, I got this. I know what I did. I kind of spent those cards too soon. I need to try to use the cards um, and save the ones where you have to trash them later on and then pull them back. And then I have another run at them. So trying to use those to the best of my ability. And everyone else was just getting a refresh, but uh, we did since then we have completed every single encounter we play. I think we've done the first five or we've done five missions now. Um, we have won every single one of them so far, but man, is this game in depth? Like just trying to figure out like how the monsters attack and who they're going to and who they have focus on and, Sometimes there's so many different monsters in the room on the board and it's just like you're you're trying to manage all the different attacks and but the game is a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. Um and uh it's it's been fun to get new equipment and to level up and just uh going through these encounters uh with the group where we're working together to like and it's it's interesting too cuz it's like you're not supposed to talk about what you're doing but you can, I guess, say it in kind of broad terms, like, so like, hey, I'm like you don't is talk it what? about it. Is it like, yeah, don't talk club? about it. Um, so it's like, you're not, you're not supposed to say, okay, I'm gonna go and attack this guy and do this much damage and blah, blah, blah. You can be like, I'm going to attack the elite archer. I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to attack him late or early, you know, we're kind of like based on your initiative of what your, how your initiative is. So, cause the weird thing about the game is, you know, okay, I've got my moves planned out. I know where I'm going to move. I know who I'm going to attack. I know what I'm going to do. But if my initiative is last, then the people I, everything can change. The board will completely change by the time you take your turn. And then it's like, well, crud. Now what am I going to do? Or someone else will attack the person and kill the person you are going to go after. Well, now it's like, um, okay, what now you're looking at your cards going, what, what else can I do? How can I contribute now? 
that my plan has been foiled type of thing. So it's, you know, you, so we try to, um, kind of discuss, well, I should be able to take this one out or, you know, I'd be like, does anyone need any health? Cause I can, I can heal if I'm within a certain spot. So then I'm like, well, you know, our, our big guy, our tank, um, he'll be like, I de- he keeps definitely needing to be healed because he's uh, playing as a tank and, and he definitely absorbs a lot for the rest of the team. And he's really good about it. And so it's like, okay, but I need to be like next to him. So I'm being like, okay, uh, I'm going to go early to heal. Basically trying to say, don't move before me because I need to walk to you. And then I, so I'm standing next to you. Then I need to heal you. Otherwise, if he goes first, then I, he might move away and then I won't be able to get to him type of thing. So, um, it's really fun. The, the, the scenarios are really neat. The, it's this board. No wonder the box is so large and so heavy. There is so much stuff yeah. in this game. And, uh, it, it just like, Ooh, hurts my brain at times. Um, but it's a really fun game. So I'm really excited to be having a group or excited to have a group that I can play through where we're having a lot of fun and enjoying it. And, you know, everyone really knows what they're doing and they're, they're helping me along to um, find my footing in the game. So, all right. Um, also played, I got forbidden jungle in finally. Um, and, we did get this one to the table, and I maybe did I mention this one last time? I feel like I've talked about I, this. You one. you did talk about it. I don't remember if it was here or if we talked about it separately. It wasn't in the list from last week, so maybe um, maybe I was. I think I was talking to you personally about it. So we played it, we won, and it was like it seemed way too easy. We felt like we did something wrong. But I I believe that what they've done is I think it was Forbidden Sky. They got like kind of a big deal about it because it was so hard. And I think what they've done here is try to take, you know, provide us with a an initial learning game that you kind of I mean, you could lose, but these forbidden games are not they're not um, they're not uh, what's the word? They don't go easy on you, but I think this one was designed to be a little lenient to try to help you figure out the game mechanics before they really throw it at you. But even then it was still a, um, a good go at it, but we did, we did feel like it was too easy. I felt like we did something wrong, but there, we didn't, um, we did play correctly. And then, um, which was, it was nice to know. Um, uh, I think some things just kind of worked in our favor, but again, I do feel like they, they tried to make it, let's let people play and win their first game and get it, you know, cause when you lose your first game, you're like, this blows like when it, when it feels like, cause these games, you do feel like everything's against you. Like this game is absolutely working against you. Um, I, we also played forbidden Island the other day and it's like, well, let's go back to the original. And that was really tough. And we were playing on like the recommended kind of like Forbidden Jungle. Here's your first setup. And it was like, oh, my gosh, we like, I don't know if we're going to do this. Um, The game can be very um, 
tough to play. So I, I do feel like Forbidden Jungle was easier for us to win than Forbidden Island, but we did pull off a win. Um, but it does take a lot of that co-op. It does take a lot of talking. It does take uh, people to check their egos at the door, um, be willing to listen to others, be willing to do something that you know might be someone else's idea and it might not be what you want to do, but you got to look at it. What's the betterment for the team? Because these games are really timed. You don't have a lot of time because the island and the jungle and the, you know, both of these, they're the, the tiles are disappearing. Um, and you will be trapped very quickly. Um, so they are, they're fun. They're stressful. Um, and I've been, I, I actually, no, I haven't played Forbidden Island. I remember Rob, <laughs> mm-hmm. this was something you recommended years and years ago. Oh yeah. And I, I back I, when you were in Arizona, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Back mm-hmm. when I lived in Arizona, probably well, that was a long time ago. Yes, this was probably over 10 years ago. You recommended this. And um, I remember cursing you out like this game sucks. It's stupid. It's but it, I'd never played a cooperative board game. Didn't even know there was such a thing. Um, and I just didn't understand it. I didn't get it. Um, you know, now it's like, OK, let's uh, this is different. I kind of get an idea. Um, but they are tough. But um both were good. I think if you like Forbidden Island, you're going to like Forbidden Jungle. Um, it There are some different things that you can do in the game. So it's not, a, and you're on like an alien planet. And so there's like aliens that hatch and there's like these hatchlings and adults and they do damage to you and, you know, stuff like that. And then the, the tiles can get taken out. And, but you can, certain people can slide tiles like, from one side to the other and, you know, just kind of like some things in forbidden Island, you have those abilities and it was fun. So it was a nice, uh, nice addition to the forbidden series. I think. All right. I'm getting there. Um, the next game I played was a new one for me. This game I picked up. I had never heard of this game, but I was at Barnes and Noble, took my son in there. He took a book and that they had is. right at the door, 50% off shelf or table with games on it for 50% off evil tempters. Yeah. So I bought a game called the hunger. Okay. I've seen that one. And I remember the first time I walked in there and they had that, that shell, that table there, I didn't pick it up, even though I had looked at it and I'm like, Hmm, there was something about it. That's seemed interesting, but I had picked up a couple other things and I'm trying to be, they were more interesting. Uh, I, I, I don't know if they were, it was just, yeah. I don't know. But I, but when I went back on a week or two later, it was there again, still. So I grabbed it cause I was like, Oh, I have nothing in my hand. Let's get it now. Right. <laughs> um, and we did play it and I really liked it. So this one, it, you, the, I think it's up to four players. Um, you're vampires and you're in this castle and you leave the castle and you have like, 15 rounds to go out. You're trying to go out of the castle. You go through the graveyard and then and through the mountains, and then you go down into like the plains and that's where it splits. So you can take a road through the town. You can take a path down the train tracks, or you can take this path out in the water. And the, the path through the town is the longest. It's going to take you the longest. It has the most, most stops where if you go on the outer side, on the, on the ships, then it's the uh, fastest route around. 
to get everyone, basically all these go travel up to the forest. When you get to the forest, you're going to, you're basically going up to this labyrinth and you're trying to get this rose. And then you, and there's not enough roses. I think it's a four player game. There's only three roses. So you may not even get a rose, but then you're trying to get back to the castle, to the castle um, before the 15th round, basically before the sun comes up. And if you don't, then kind of like Clank, if you don't get out of, if you don't get above ground, then you, you lose everything. So here, uh, if you don't get back to the graveyard, which is practically into the castle, You've got to get almost to the castle. There's only a couple spots, but you got to get to the graveyard. If you were there when the sun comes up, you you still get all your points and everything that you've scored. If you're anywhere outside of the castle or the graveyard, you get a zero for the game and you die. If you get into the castle, then you get bonus points and then you you know you get everything. But you're as you're out, you're also hunting humans. You're picking up treasures and different things that are worth points. The interesting thing about the game is you can get like some of the humans can give you bonuses like getting an extra move if there's a human in your group or doing a certain hunt like on a hunt you get an extra maybe you can draw an extra card or something like that if there's a human in your in your group because it's also like a deck builder so you all have a set of cards that you're using the interesting thing is as as you're hunting humans they have a speed of zero and the more you put in your deck the slower you're gonna move so it it's it's kind of one of those risk reward things of you know, it is a racing game, you know, cause you're racing, you gotta, you've got 15 rounds and then you're dead. So you got to get out, get what you want and you got to be able to get back in time. And so the more hunting of humans you do, the slower you're going to end up moving. So it's, it's real interesting. And I know at one point I was going to, I think I was going to do something. I had a strategy that I was going to do. And then I decided, um, Oh no, I was going to, I was basically going to race to the rose. I was not going to hunt. I was going to try to get there as quick as I could and then hunt on my way back. But because of the path I took and the, in the cards you have that are allowing you to move, I took me longer to get to the rose, even though I was the first one there, it took me longer to get there than I had planned. So I, decided really to do very little hunting on the way back. Um, and because it's like, I got to get back. And I was the only one that got to the, no, I think Damien got to the, yeah, both Damien and I got to the castle and my daughter was just out one step away from the graveyard. Um, but, uh, it, it's, it's, there's a lot of different ways that this game can play out. So every time you play it, it can be very different. Um, and I like it. It was a really fun game. Uh, there is a market. Um, you can see so you can buy. Um, when you're hunting, there's there's like a market of cards out. And what happens is like there's like. Um, it, <laughs> so the first row is worth it costs you like three. I think it's three 
speed or three points, then if it's the first round, anything that any of those humans that are not hunted, they, they shift over to the second row or the second column. Then now it's only worth two. It gets cheaper. And then a new every round, a new set of uh, humans comes out that can be hunted. So you can see what the bonuses are of getting them and stuff like that, whether you want to risk grabbing something, um, what the benefits may or may not be type of thing. And then after the after that round, any and again, anytime a round ends, the all the humans get shifted over to the next column. Well, there's three total columns and the third column. It only costs one point to to hunt the human in that column. But what happens in the third one is they never leave that. So it ends up as the things are shifting, the third column gets more and more and more cards in it. And you're only still, you take, when you buy from that or you hunt from that section, you take all the cards that are there. So you could end up with a lot of good points, but then you're going to have a lot of cards that are going to slow you down because now they go into your deck. And every time you pull them out, you might be able to take another card or you might be able to do something, but your speed is going to be zero. You're not going to get to move with that card. So it's, uh, there's a lot of that type of thinking involved in this game of, do you want to do a lot of hunting? Do you want to, you know, cause you could go out and hunt a lot and just not go very far and try to build up a lot of points with the humans that you hunt and then just get back in time and you might end up winning, you know, as opposed to someone who went for the rose and then came back and didn't hunt a lot. Um, you could be going for the rose and not get there in time. <laughs> So it's uh, pretty interesting. Really enjoyed it. Do recommend it if uh, um, if anyone's, uh, you know, you're looking for a, a fun game to play. Um, again, it's something that has been different than what I have, which is another thing I like about it. It's different from a lot of other things I have. I haven't played anything quite like that. Um, at least it sticks out to me. All right. Still got a lot to go. I played some Clank. Uh, played some point salad. Um, I've played some fairy tale flux, um, sushi go ticket to ride, uh, bench and forbidden Island. I played some dice throne. Um, we did, uh, my daughter wanted to redo the Santa versus Krampus that we did at Gen Con. So she played Santa. I played Krampus. And then my youngest son brought a uh, Spider-Man and, uh, so it was Santa versus Krampus versus Spider-Man. So, um, Santa ended up winning that. So, um, so I got two other games to talk about okay. and then, I, then I'll be done. <sighs> so the next one is a trick taking game that someone brought on my Wednesday night game called Savage Bowl. It's a okay. Japanese game and I'd not played a trick taking game, at least, you know, maybe like, uh, I don't know, something from like a regular deck of cards that, you know, like hearts, I guess, or spades or something that might be a trick taking game, I think is what the guy said, but I never played anything like this. And you get, I think you get 10 cards dealt out to everyone. I think it was 10, maybe not, but you get a set of cards dealt out. And the first five turns, yes, it's 10 cards. The first, and you're basically, everyone's going to play a card 
one card on, on a, every turn. In the very first five turns, whoever plays the highest card gets penalized, and whoever had the second highest card takes the trick. Then when okay. you get to the sixth turn, it changes and it becomes the highest card takes the trick. You are only can take two tricks in the entire round. There's 10 turns to a round. You don't want to take more than two tricks. Otherwise, you are defeated from the game and score nothing. So you're trying to get your two tricks. And like if you're the first one to get two tricks, there's a bonus two points you get. And if you're the second one to get two tricks, you get one. After that, it's just you're getting you're just getting your tricks. But if you get them too early, then someone could stick you with taking a third trick and then you get wiped out and lose all the points. Um, it kept so it I, I at first, man, this game made no sense to me because it was like the whole first five turns. You don't the high card doesn't take it. The high card means you played too aggressively and you get like a yellow card. So and then you have to discard one of your cards. You have to get rid of one of your cards on top of it. Um, but maybe you do want to do that if you have cards. If you got a bunch of high cards, you could do that to, to, to then have to discard something else. So there's like strategy and how you're doing it. But it um, it was a lot of several of us that were just learning it were very confused. Um, the guy had the printed out the directions from BGG and. I, I, he said it was news from Japan. So you had to have the translated rules. Oh, <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah. I know how, to, dude, this is how it used to be for most games, except they were translated from German. Oh, this was not, translated not, from Japan yeah, and he yeah. hadn't played it. The guy I was teaching hadn't played it oh, yet. He'd boy. only had friends yeah. saying how great it was. So he was trying to learn too. <laughs> yeah, that's so, tough. But um, we never finished. It got too late. And I, I think, um, it was several of us were just really having a struggle with it, but I told him by the time we were done, we did, I think just, we did three rounds and I was like, I said, okay, I said, I think, no, we didn't do three rounds. We did, or did we? I don't know. By time by time we were done, though, it was like, okay, I think I'm finally getting this. Um, because at first I was just like, I don't, I don't get this. I thought the, you know, the the top card wins, but no, it doesn't. And then it sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And you know, at first I was like, I didn't. It just didn't make any sense. But as we were playing, I was like, okay, you don't want it on the first five turns. You do after that if you want it. And otherwise you're trying to just, once you've got your two tricks, you don't want to take. So you're trying to slough off other cards and depending on what other people are playing. So <clears throat> it was, it was, it was good. Um, I would like to try it again. I'm hoping he does bring it back because um, I would like to try it again. 
So, and then um, the last thing I played uh, last night, I had my group here at my house and one of the guys brought Spirit Island. Um, we've talked about it many times and he's like, I don't want to play this with a large group. And we actually only ended up with four of us last night, right? Cause it was the holiday. Um, but, um, we ended up with four of us. So we played spirit Island. Oof. Talk about hurting my brain. Oh, really? Oof. This one, I, I, I don't, it's one of those that I don't think I could, I don't think I could like do this one on my own. I definitely would have to, I would play it again, but it would have to be with like, you know, with this group where they know what they're doing. Cause it just, there was a lot, but he did say the, the guy who brought the game, he said, actually I was pulling off combos. He rarely sees new players do. So he was like, I actually did really good. Cause they do um, better. And, new players usually do better combos. <laughs> I must be, I don't know, but uh, he, he told me at the end of the game too, he's like, well, I didn't want to discourage you, but the character you did pick is uh, typically known to be the worst. Um, but he's like, I didn't want to like, you know, he's like, I like people to pick what they think they might enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually kind of enjoyed the character. I was playing as some shadow creature um, and I thought it worked well, but I was having like stress of like pandemic this, this game kind of like, it's constantly just the, these invaders are constantly taking over this Island and we're playing as spirits where we have influence over parts of the Island and there's certain things we can do. Um, and then there are natives, um, to the, um, that live there and they're, you know, we can try to help them fight and we can try to defend areas and we're trying to, we're trying to remove the invaders and, and it, and it does. And he even said it, it does always start out where just you're getting your butt handed to you, you know? Um, but usually you can pull it off in the end, um, with some very careful play, but it's, it's, there's so many different things going on and so many options and things are constantly changing of where the invaders are going to go next. And it just gets more complicated and they invade in more areas as it goes on. And, but, uh, it's, uh, it was a very, what I kind of thought very unique game. Um, and I did like it, but boy, I would, I would need to play this one. I think several times, Cause there's like, there's different things you can, you, you know, you're building a deck as well. Um, it is a deck builder. You are, we're, I guess you could say worker placement. You're moving people around area control, I guess is another way. Of, you know, it's another thing or, um, whatever that's called <laughs> style of game. And there's just so many different things going on, um, that, I would need to play this one a lot, I think, to wrap my head around every moving part. Um, and it, it's just there is a lot of it. There's a lot going on. Kind of felt like Power Grid. Like, okay. I liked it, but there's a lot going on. And it would take me playing it several, several times, I think, to really try to get a grasp of everything. So... Yeah, it's, but it was, uh, I'm glad I got to play it. I know there's a lot of expansions. I know it's a popular game. Oh, yeah. I was glad to finally get a chance to play it. 
but it made my brain hurt. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like a, uh, I'll call it like a toned down version of it, or maybe Mark Friendlier. <laughs> yeah, I version. need Mark Friendly games. Yeah, um, I want to say that I don't know if it's a Target exclusive, but I, I could have sworn it was in Target. It's like Spirit Island something in There's a, a much smaller Earth, box. Branch and Claw, Nature Incarnate, Feather and Flame, Champions of... Oh, no, that's a token pack. It's a standalone game, my understanding. Not like, Horizons uh, of Spirit Island. Maybe it's Horizons. Yeah, Horizons of Spirit Island, I think, is the game. Yeah, that says it features the core mechanics, but features a double-sided game board with a streamlined setup, punch board components, and five new spirits designed to be ideal for those playing for the first time. So that's, I guess, like, yeah, the probably the yeah. starter version. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now on uh, Target's website. It says, Horizons of Spirit Island is a cooperative game made much simpler for Mark. (laughs) Sold! There we go. (laughs) It's a game of settler destruction for one to three Marks. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Although, that that is kind of strange that it's a three-player game, isn't it? It's... Usually it's like two to four. I can't say I've, I really know of any other three-player games. Um, probably because this looks like it's a single board, like a, an actual, you've got a board that you're using. The Spirit, yeah, this comes on a board, so it looks like the the island, well, I think it said it was a two-sided board, so the island is the same every time. The regular mm-hmm. Spirit Island came with like pieces, yeah, and you can like play modular. with for yeah, it's modular, yeah. so you're building it each time. Um, that's maybe that's why, just to keep the size of the board down and to simplify the game. Yeah, yeah, make it not take as long, and yeah. also probably because it, it's a thirty dollar game, so that's probably also to hit that price point. Component, yeah. So. I might have, maybe I'll pick up the the newbie version of that. <laughs> that might work because it, it was. Um, it just seemed like a lot going on. Yeah, and he owns like every expansion of this, probably except this one because he's oh boy. he's not a newbie. But he he this is one of his favorite games. Mm-hmm. So, but it's very. Um, I don't know. I, I got an. I know what I want to say in these. There, to me, it's like almost like a game of like risk, maybe, and not even risk, like risk on steroids. You know, it feels like there's so many things going on, and there can be movement and attacks to different parts, and it's always changing. And it's just like, you know, my brain just doesn't work that way. You know, it's it's. You know. Sometimes you need to ramp up to that stuff. Like, yeah, like there's um, there's a, a bunch of designers, like um, oh man, what's his name? Stefan Feld. 
uh-huh. for example, a lot of his games have like multiple decisions. So like Castles of Burgundy is like that, where you know, you roll those two dice and then you're only taking two moves, but you've got like twelve different options. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's sometimes with those games it's hard to keep track of everything and I, that, I get that a lot where you know I'll, I'll be sitting there waiting for my turn to roll around and i'll be like oh i want to do this oh no this thing is probably even better this is my this is the thing that uh would score me the most points and then when i roll my dice or when it's my turn i'm like what did i want to do <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember but anyway, it's it's yeah. good that it's like a one player. You can play at one player, which yeah. would probably I could sit down and then not feel so overwhelmed and just try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Well, what about so you, Rob? <laughs> so I, I very busy two weeks for me. I, I did get a little bit of gaming in only had one game night. Um, <laughs> our friend uh, Luke. He was uh-huh. he messaged me. What was it like nine o'clock Saturday night? He's like, I'm going to a party, and but you want me to swing by your house afterwards, and uh, we can play some games. And I'm like, dude, I got to get up early in the morning. I I can't. <laughs> so I almost had two game nights, uh-huh. but. Uh, yeah, but that second one would have been started probably at midnight, and yeah, that <laughs> would not have been good. But anyway, I uh, got a couple of things in. I got Azul in. Big surprise. Played this one a whole bunch with uh, with the same person. And I broke out those, uh, those uh, overlays, those plastic overlays uh-huh. from Crystal Mosaic, maybe yep. something like that. And I'm going to, I think I talked about this before a couple months ago, but I'm going to say it again. I really dislike those. (laughs) (laughs) I want to like them so much. I dislike them so much. (laughs) So it's like the opposite, almost to the point of where it's like, I don't know if I'm even going to, I'm half tempted to just like throw them out. And just take the boards and put them in the main box just so I can have more stuff in the main box. And I don't have that. Not that, not that the crystal mosaic one is a thick box. I mean, it's like what half an inch, half an inch. (laughs) It's, it's less than an inch for sure. But what I think what I think they need to have for Azul is either like a really nice dual layer board. Yes. Or to have like some really nice inset overlay that holds the stuff together more because the the original problem with Azul in, you know, the OG format is basically you bump anything, everything's going everywhere, right? If you bump the board, <laughs> you know, all the stuff slides. And it's fine for, like, the five rows where you put your stuff on, right? The 
the five rows of one, two, three, four, five tiles. On the it's on the left side. But the thing that sucks is when you've got your board pretty built out on the I don't know what you would call it the the place where you put all your things where where you score on the right hand side. That's the one that sucks because now you're like, well, where was all this stuff? And you got to try to got to try to remember. And well, plus there's the score track. And I guess the more annoying thing is that the cubes for scoring don't fit in the overlay very well. You you know what I mean? But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So they should have something a little more substantial uh, for that. that. What did you call it? A dual layered board, I think would be great. Yeah, that's like those games, they have a dual layer board, and then there's like an actual square for a cube. You, you know what I mean? It's like, and it like falls into right. it a little bit. Um, yeah, halfway into the board, I guess. But I, I I understand that having a dual layer board, though, would require more real estate. The board would probably need to be bigger if you're going to put little dividers in, in between the like scoring it, things. Yeah, for the scoring, for sure. Yeah, and uh, actually, let me, I got it here on the shelf. The other thing I was going to mention about it, which doesn't really make sense to me, is that, and I'm looking at it right now, is on the scoring portion up on top, they're in groups of two. So where you put the little cubes, it's like two, and then there's like a, a bigger divider than two, then a bigger divider. It's like, why not just have big dividers in between each of them, and then they would move less? But they did not consult me when they designed that. Well, that was the first problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we need to talk to them about that. Yeah, three demerits for them. <laughs> but anyway, um, but Azul still a good game. I still like it regardless. I just won't be using those overlays. And um, uh, also got in a game of Roll Through the Ages. Wasn't quite sure how this one was going to go over, but uh, Roll Through the Ages is it's a classic. It's, man, this is probably one of the first 20 games that I got back in the day easily. Yeah. And, uh, the cool thing about it, at least back then. So, you know, man, we're, we're talking probably like 2011, 2012. So this is a while ago. The cool thing about this game is this was probably the original roll and write game where you had this huge pad of probably 100 sheets, double-sided, so you could play a game on each side. And I don't remember if it came with pencils or not. I don't think it did. But you had these little wooden player boards and pegs. So um, there's a couple of different tracks on that board. Like there's a, um, there's like, uh, 
like a food track and a couple others and you roll these big chunky wooden dice and you use the pegs in the different like peg holes <laughs> what a great description <laughs> isn't it yep yeah if you pull this up if you pull up the game you'll see what i'm talking about but uh yeah use these pegs to keep track of how much of the different commodities that you have and as you spend them you move your peg left you know to use them up or as you get them you move it to the right and it's got really nice big chunky wooden dice although being that they're wooden they're not as heavy as a plastic counterpart but uh i do like hefty dice as well so i guess here they sacrificed the heftiness for matching the i guess the boards but yeah. uh but yeah it's a classic game it's a heck of a lot of fun it's a it's a yahtzee variant so you know it's one of those where you know you roll your dice and you can re-roll and and all that but uh yeah i got a game of that in and that was well received so i was I was definitely pleased with that because you especially never know how some of these like older games are going to be received just because the games from, let's say, 2023, they have a lot of like cool modern things in them. Whereas, you know, games from 10 years ago were, you know, they're, 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 they're evolving. Let's put it that way. <laughs> They're evolving over time, but got that in. And then also I brought out uh, a game called Familia from by Freedom and Freeze, which is actually one of my favorite designers. I'd say probably Freedom and Freeze and uh, Stefan Feld are probably like right up there with my favorites. There's, there's additional ones, uh, but uh, this is a card game with really annoying cards <laughs> so so you know how some games so there i have two cards types of cards that i find really annoying number one the really small ones uh yeah not my favorite but fine freedom on, on a bunch of his games uses these cards that are like 50 percent longer so you know how so they're narrower i think than a regular deck of cards slightly uh-huh but they're i don't know maybe maybe the cards are something like two inches by four inches approximately so they're almost twice as tall as they are wide whereas okay. a normal deck of cards maybe like two by three Right. somewhere around there but anyway um yeah it, it when i first got this game and this is another really old game but when i first got this game i was like you know i want to sleeve it i want to sleeve it and it's like no you're not sleeving these cards <laughs> <laughs> nobody makes sleeves for these weird cards but uh actually i don't know if this game's even still available but it's it's really fun so this is a two-player game and 
it's got like a mobster vibe to it. The art on it is most people I'll, I'll say probably won't like it, but uh, basically what you're doing is you have a hand of cards and there's a display in front of you and your cards are numbered. I believe it's like zero through four. And the mechanism is basically you're trying to grow your display in front of you from like, I'll call it the market. So there's like a shared market of cards. That's not the name for it. But what you're trying to grow the display in front of you because that's your scoring by collecting cards from the market. So for example, uh, if you want to get a gangster that is um, a level two gangster, you need to use two cards of one less value. So what did I say? Level two gangster? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I said that. So if, it's a, if you want a level two gangster, you need to play two level one gangsters in front of you. And then, so you're kind of like slowly leveling up. You start off with zeros and then you get ones and then twos and then threes. So you, and fours, and then you move your way up. And then there's some of the cards have abilities, like they can be wild cards, or these guys can uh, reduce the cost of the cards that are uh, in the market. And it's a, it's a really fun game. It's it's very simple at first. It's kind of like, wait, what? This doesn't make sense. What what am I supposed to do? But then once you play a game, it's like, boom, you got it. It's pretty straightforward. It's easy. Um, and the cool thing about it too is, well, it's a two player game, so there's that. But it's uh, easy to carry around because those little card games are awesome to carry around, <laughs> and uh, you can play them just about anywhere. And it's on uh, Yukata as well. I doubt it's on Board Game Arena, but it should be. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's um, that's about it. Uh, yeah, those three. So cool. Anyway, so the title of this uh, episode is "What Is Too Many." <laughs> I <question>. know <laughs> I, I know the answer to that when it references board games it's like the people that are criticizing you there's too many <laughs> get lost <laughs> there's nothing wrong with me or my hobby whatsoever but um, yeah I, I know you put this up. what were you thinking about this one about this topic well I you know still being new to the hobby Mm -hmm. less than a year in I have accumulated a lot, a lot of games in a very short amount of time. Yep. That's normal. Dude, that is common. So, and I'm not, I'm not just speaking for myself either. I mean, it's a common thing with a lot of people in the hobby. Well, and it's like, I've got, my collection, I have over 300 games now and I'm like, okay, 
I there's so many things. I'm still buying stuff, but there's stuff I have yet to even play. A lot of stuff I have not played. Yep. And so it just makes me wonder. It's like, okay, what is it I'm enjoying? Do I enjoy it for some reason? Because I do get enjoyment out of buying a new game, punching it, you know, displaying oh, it agree. on my shelf. There's something about that I enjoy. You know, I do enjoy playing some of these. It's relaxing, like, like, by the way. <laughs> some of my games that I've got to play, like I love them, like Zombie Side and Planet Unknown and Thunder Road and Azul, which like I like Azul, but I haven't even got back to play it. Um, I love Dice Throne, but I rarely play it. It's, you know, now I've got Terraforming Mars, which I need to learn and I want to play. And it, it's just like, what what is too many and it's like so my kind of was wondering am i in the hobby to actually play every game or am i into it into this hobby because i feel like i'm into it at this point to have a large collection but to only play some of them (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. it's that's almost what it feels like like there's stuff that am i ever going to get this to the table there's things I, I think I will never probably get to play because I keep buying stuff. Um, no, I know. Uh, I I just like, you know, I, I will say one of the thoughts about that Spirit Island the other night was, well, the good news is, is I'm not going to buy this. There, There is that, yeah. But then you're like, oh, there's like a newbie version. And then I'm like, ooh, maybe I'll get this one. And my thoughts are like, ooh, I can add this to my collection. Why? I I, I closed out the tabs. I was looking. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if we get done here, I can get over to Target before they close. <laughs> they have it in stock. I can pick it up in two hours. Um, I'm like, no, no, stop. What are you doing? It's just this very question came up. It's like, I didn't, I, I it's that's a game I need to play several more times. Before I, I think I would decide if it's something I want to put in my quote collection. But and if I, you play the newbie version, then maybe you can enjoy the full version. I know. <laughs> that's, that's, I know. That's, I that know was kind of my thought. Yeah. Maybe I can play this and try mm-hmm. to figure it out and see. Um, but a game like Gloomhaven, okay. I do not need to buy Gloomhaven. And this game's like $160 if you can find it right now. Yeah. Um, it's it's basically gone. It's it's really hard to find. Um, but uh, and I know a second edition is gonna be printed next year. Um, but it's like, well, I'm playing this and I do enjoy it, but this is gonna be a game that I will probably be lucky to actually complete a campaign just once. There, there's no way I'll ever go through a second one of these like playing. I don't see, I would ever play Gloomhaven a second time. Right. And I've got Jaws of the lion. It's like a one which, and done. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, after this, we will probably, if we get through this and the group stills together and people haven't moved or gotten tired of it, we will probably go through Jaws of the lion next. And then, but, but in some ways, just think about it. Like how many hours do those 95 campaign missions or whatever uh oh it's not does that give you for like 160 bucks that's just incredible it's an incredible value really it is but (laughs) i like how we justify it (laughs) everyone else owns the game like we're going to this lady's house she has it so it's Mm -hmm. like 
why do I need to buy it? We will never touch my box. Yeah. It, there's no point in me spending that money to throw it on a shelf that I don't have room sure. for. So, but it's like, I kind of want it, you know, it's almost like, because, and then there's that part is like, well, I am playing it. I kind of want it on my shelf, you know, it, it's. Yeah. Gloomhaven. It's, it's weird. A special, that's a special case. That, that is a definite special case. I'll say not normal. <laughs> and I'm wondering how many people actually even got to finish that game. Like you buy mm-hmm. a game, like, so let's, let's pick something we just played. Um, Azul, right? You, you've played it. You can play it again over and over, but say you play that thing 10 times. You, you've, you've, you've played it, right? You've played it completely. You play 10 missions of Gloomhaven. You haven't even that you've, you've barely done a 10th of the game. And those 10 sessions could, will probably be probably upwards of a 30 hours in those 10 sessions. Yeah. We played the other night. We played, we did end up doing two missions, but it took us five and a half hours. I was like, by the time we were done, I was like, man, I was standing up. I'm just like, oh, this is going on too long. I mean, I had fun, but I was like, we're approaching six hours on a work night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's like you're on a struggle bus. Yeah. And I think everyone was getting a little long in the tooth there, if that's the right way of saying we were all getting very tired, but you know, it's like you, it's one of those things. If you start it, cause you, you know, our first campaign we got through and it's like, Oh, it's only eight 30. And I'm like, okay, well we've already been here for three hours, but it's still only eight 30. We could, you know, we'll bust the next one out, but no, the next one took just as long almost. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. So now I know next time, if it takes us three hours for one, I'm going to be like, okay, we're good. <laughs> Save the next one for the next time. But it's uh, yeah. So it's not like Azul that you can play, 10 games in an hour. This is, you know, you got 30 hours in this and you don't even have 10% invested into your overall purchase. You know, that's, that's what's so weird about this particular game. Um, and it's like, why do I feel compelled to buy it? It's like, I want it on display because that's all it'll ever be is display because it'll probably never get touched because someone else we're playing someone else's game. So why do I need to have it on my li- like on my shelf? <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I get it. It's and I'm using like any other game other than Gloomhaven as an example. It's like if you go by somebody and you play a game, you want to have it so you can experience it whenever you want, as opposed to yes. As opposed to, like, you know, just meeting with your game group and that person happens to bring it. It's kind of like, why get frozen Portillo's (laughs) sent out to you? (laughs) Because you can have it whenever you want versus when you go visit your good buddy, Bob. Dude, that was my whole weekend. We had so much beef. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That stuff was so good. Yeah, Portillo's. Right. Yeah, it's a, 
Italian beef place and others, other things in Chicago area. Chicago hot dogs, yeah. Italian sausage and Italian beef. I had all yeah. of that. Oh, nice. And we, we, uh, we celebrated this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> did you, so. did you have it mailed out to you? The frozen stuff? Yep. Is that what you got? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, but, but so, I, I do, I, I do get, I, I do understand it. And I think a lot of our listeners probably share the same thing because, you know, it's like, especially if it's like a game that you really, really like, you know, like for example, Castles of Burgundy, I'll use that one as an example. It's like, not only do I want Castles of Burgundy, I want a really nice version and I want to have it, not just it's yeah. available to me whenever I want when somebody else is available. Well, I, I think I understand that because that's a game that's like, you love it. It's your yeah. favorite. Yeah. To me, it's like dice throwing is kind of that way for me that I, when I first played it, I was like, I absolutely love it. I'm like, this is so cool. I buy everything dice thrown. Mm-hmm. They got a new Kickstarter coming out on in October. Uh-oh. Yeah. And I, I know I'm going to go all in on it no matter what the cost. Um, it's even though it's Marvel, it's uh Marvel X-Men, but I'm hoping it's a big box like the rest of mine. You know, I want, I want the battle chess. I want everything. Give me all of the characters in one big box. Yeah. yeah. I will go all in because it's something I really, really do enjoy. Mm-hmm. But for something like, I guess, let me use Clank as another as a, as an option. So I, I bought clank. I heard a lot about it. I like deck builders. I finally played it and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've loved this game. This is so much fun. And I have now bought everything clank. I think I own everything that they have ever made expansions, um, clank in space, all their expansions, clank, in clank catacombs. I got clank corporate acquisitions, whatever, and I've so far only played the original Clank a couple of times. Like I have put so much money into these others, and I have yet to even get them out. Because it's like when I think of playing Clank, I'm like, oh, let's like I I kind of go to the original because I know it, and it's like, well, I got to learn something different, and I don't really have to learn. I did almost played Catacombs the other day. I did pull it out and was looking at it. Um, but that one's limited to four people and I can play six on my original clank game um, because it has, I got an expansion for it and I don't know if the expansion will work very well with the space one. And or I mean with, well, I don't know if for the space or the catacombs one. And it's just like, you know, I usually got a group of six or more. So mm-hmm. <laughs> of at least six. So, so I always go to that one, but it's like, I love it. I went, oh, I got to buy it all now. And, yeah, Gloomhaven was kind of the same way. I want Gloomhaven. I want Frosthaven. I got Jaws of the Lion. I need to have it all. Why? I probably will never get to those. So when is too much too much? <laughs> so being that I am part of the problem <laughs> in some ways, I would say it's never too much. But um, I, I do want to say that eventually you do run into a really bad logistical problem that you've already run into of where am I going to put all this stuff? And uh-huh. that becomes a huge issue because eventually you run out of room on top of your shelves. You run out of room in 
other places. You the can't, floor, yeah, you the can't, tables, yeah, your desk. <laughs> there's there's places that you can't really put games because not because it's inappropriate, but because they'll be damaged by humidity <laughs> and stuff. So like garages, basements are not the greatest place to put them yeah. and, and such. But um, yeah, that becomes an issue. But I, I do want to say that there is a progression that I found myself going through and is, is very common with a lot of people is that eventually like in the beginning what you run into is everything is a new experience and you're like oh my god this is so much fun i want more right more of the same more of stuff like it and eventually it does start to tone down like for example like expansions uh i no longer have a need to get like a game and all of its expansions because I find that I don't play a lot of the expansions and yeah. a lot of times, like there's only a couple of games where I like the expansions for the most part. I like the base game just fine and the expansions do something funky to the game where I don't like it as much necessarily. Either yeah. they make it too complicated or they change some rules or, or whatever it is. And um, so eventually you start like you start pulling back a little bit, right? Where you're you're more critical of the games and you know, I'll look at a game and I'm like, mm, nah. Not interested. Not that it's a bad game, it's just that I have, you know, five other games very similar, and those are just fine. I don't need a sixth. Now, there, there is a school of thinking which horrifies me <laughs> a little bit. Of People are like, you know, if there's a game of a specific kind, only keep one of it. So, for example, I'll just use broad... broad swath here like deck builders right it's like if there's all these different deck builders like dominion dc legendary i'm not even going to go into all the other offshoots um like the thunderstones and nightfalls man this is really going way back into those, some of the old ones um there's some of the space ones that they had. So these are all different deck building games. And it's like, these. there are people that will say, like, of this style game, keep one. Get rid of the rest. That'd be hard for me to do, because I like multiple <laughs> different kinds of things. It's like, I'm not just going to say, like, you know, I only like one burger. I'm never going to have another burger. You know, sometimes, right. sometimes I might want, like, five guys... Sometimes I might want to go to Portillo's or, or whatever. And, you know, you, but you do find yourself eventually years, years later. So you got a ways to go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kind of just toning back a little bit and that kind of like 
reins you in a little bit. Maybe that's a good way to put it. <laughs> but I don't I don't think that there's really like a you know too many number for some people like you see some people with their game collections you know they have everything on a two by four calyx like oh look at my game collection yeah you know and And, i'd be like there's others that have several rooms (laughs) yep you and me my friend you and me and and you know, then you get the visitors that come over, and they're like, well, "What are those? <laughs> they're games." You sure have a lot of games. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> have a seat at the table. Let's talk. Let's discuss. Let's, let's talk. <laughs> Let me find your favorite. But you know, yeah, some people get judgy a little bit, and they're like, "Oh, you got a problem?" No, it's not a problem. Space well, I, is a problem. I, I think I have a problem sometimes. I really do. Like, I I know I even said to you, we were talking about Next Station Tokyo, and I've got Next Station London, and you were talking about picking them up, and it's like, well, why do I need both? I really only need one. It's basically the same game for the most part. And I was like, yeah, I have London. I, I decided not to buy Tokyo because – Kind of the same thing. I'm like, why am I going to buy the the same game basically? Because, but it's like I also have that like I have to have it all. Like, I I, I don't know if that's part of being a, like a collector. It's like I feel like once I've got something that I really like, and I wouldn't even say I really like it. I'm like, yeah, it was it was it's okay game, but it's in my it it's on my shelf. So it it almost annoys me that I don't have the next version no, I... on the shelf with it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get it freaking get a box the other day open it up and there's two games in it and that was one of them i was like then i I sent you a picture and i was Mm kind of surprised you didn't say nothing but i was like rob's gonna hang me going you said you weren't getting it and and i was like i don't i remember saying that i don't remember buying it (laughs) 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 so that 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 am i getting into that territory because like boxes will show up and i'm like I wasn't expecting anything. And I opened it up. I was like, Oh, that's right. I did order these games. Yeah. <laughs> and See, I'm not talking Kickstarters. I'm talking yeah. like, I just ordered it on Amazon or <laughs> from target or from wherever. I just ordered it last night on Amazon and I don't, and I forgot. It. Yeah. That's so does that funny. mean I got a problem <laughs> that, for that? I would say, yeah, if you can't remember <laughs> from like night to night, but what uh, was that? I sent you, I sent you a thing the other day. It said something like, um, Oh, let me find that. Cause I thought it was pretty funny. I sent it to the, with the Franco and Bron and you, but it was, um, about, <laughs> about missing, missing out. So yeah, here it is. Kickstarted a game while intoxicated, forgot about it. Evidently kickstarted again, forgot about it again, had real bad FOMO. I didn't kickstart it. Got two in the mail today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I kind of, sometimes I feel like that. Not that I'm a drinker, but I feel like, did I do this? Did I not get this? Or I'm at the store and I'll see something. I'm like, do I have this? And I have to pull my phone out and look it up. Do I have this on my shelf already? Do I have this in my collection? And I've, I've actually pulled one going, oh, I already have this. And then put the game back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
No, I, I have run into that actually. Uh, like once in a while, there's this one game store that I go to where I feel like I need to walk out with something. Yes. Um, and I actually, I grabbed the Space Base Pluto expansion. Okay. And I brought it home to see that I already had it. <laughs> oh, so, no. Because, <laughs> I mean, luckily it wasn't very expensive. Right. And uh, it was little, but yeah, usually I remember a game because I punch it and I put it away and stuff like that. But uh, this particular one, I gra- I ordered it from somewhere and then I just set it aside and then I totally forgot about it. You know, because it was yeah. a... It was, you know, it's like when you order from some of these places like Miniature Market, where it's like, oh, my order is $80. Oh, just another $20 to get free shipping. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, <laughs> do I spend another 20 bucks and get free shipping or do I pay $15 for shipping? Or you spend $18 more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, so it was one of those things to fill, to fill the cart to push me over. <laughs> but yeah so uh i got two copies of that but but yeah it it is it is a challenge and again mostly for kickstarters and i know we talked about this before where it's like oh there's shipping like i got a thing there's shipping from queen games i have no idea what's coming no idea i just know it's dhl queen games is shipping me something that's going to be here i think on friday or something like that no idea (laughs) yes i have have a problem too but so this is like we're 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 both we're both we're both in aa and just talking to each other yeah exactly (laughs) yeah there's no problem bga board games anonymous board gamers anonymous Hi, yeah, my name is Mark, and I got a problem. <laughs> your your only problem is you need more shelves. <laughs> that is it. <laughs> it's not a game problem. It's not a control problem. It's a shelving problem. No, because then when you have buy a new shelf, then you have a, a gaming problem because you don't have enough games to put on your shelf. <laughs> oh, you'll you'll fill out. You'll fill them. No problem. Oh yeah, it happens pretty mm-hmm. quick. I've I found that I can't believe how many. How, how much gaming shelves I have now it's, and they're full. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was you, you brought up something earlier that is kind of a thing. And that's uh, there is very much a collector aspect of, of the hobby, or at least a lot of people with hobby. And it goes across many things, right? Like books, for example, you know, there's people, they enjoy a specific author, they have to have everything. Or, you know, if it's like an author they really enjoy, they want hardcover, right? Yeah. You know, not just ratty paperbacks, something like that. They want really <laughs> nice ones. And then they put the whole series up on a bookcase, not a board game case, <laughs> but on a bookcase. And uh, yeah, and they just display it. I mean, you've seen like for many years like forever like people have bookcases and they have special lights right that that display all of their books and and everything so yeah it it goes across many many different hobbies um where you know it's not just fomoing into things that is a thing as well 
but it's like if you have uh, a company that you really a publisher that you really enjoy their games like i really like lookout uh games a lot so you know lookout spiel i i tend to be drawn to whatever they come out with although lately i've i've some of their stuff doesn't seem as appealing lately so i've actually said no to a lot of their stuff at least initially and uh but there are designers like stefan feld or uve rosenberg where if he comes out with a new game i'm definitely if either one of them come out with new games i'm definitely checking out their games and you know considering getting it a lot of them i used to initially like if they come out with a game i don't care what it is i would get it you know, just to have it because I, I like their stuff and, you know, want more of it. But not every game's a hit. So, you know, not that there's some stinkers, but, you know, there there are ones that I could have done without. Oh, and then um, in another aspect of how much is too much, we can bring in box size. I'm at the mm. point now where if something's in a big ass box, I'm like, uh, no, because especially if it's those odd sized boxes, I'm not even talking about like the big boxes. I'm talking uh-huh. about ones that are like, you know, they come in like, I'll I'll say like a Monopoly size box. Okay, you got this really long box, you know, kind of narrow. That doesn't fit anywhere like nicely. You know, I want I would prefer to have everything in like the either the Aaliyah rectangular box or like the ticket to ride box. But um Yeah, so to to answer your initial thing, there's never too many. <laughs> but as the the longer you go in the hobby though, I think it does kind of wane a little bit like i said either because of space and you kind of limit yourself or you start to get into the vein of like well this thing has an auction mechanic in it i really don't like auctions too much so you'll you'll be more hesitant to get it or this one's area control it's very confrontational. It probably won't go over well with anybody in my group, you know, so you're, you know, hesitant on that. Or this is a an auction game with area control. This is a definite double no. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So when you start to find games that you, like, don't like as much, like for me, I don't, I really don't like auction games too much. I mean, I'm not opposed to them, but, and area control, because I, well, I use those examples, of course. Because <laughs> um, most area control games, I don't enjoy them as much. But, and when a game is those, I, I tend to shy away from them or not to look at it as much. But if it's deck building or, or um, pick up and deliver, um, engine building or any anything like that then i'm like ooh, that's my jam yeah 
So I just got to give it time, and then I'll I'll find my It'll, you'll slow my down mechanics that I like the best, and mm-hmm. I'll I'll settle down on those, and yeah, yeah. and and you'll eventually get and to that the point is, where that's where the purge comes in, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If there's <laughs> such a thing as a purge. <laughs> I have a hard time purging or getting rid of stuff. So it's like, I really like this. I I might want to play this someday. Yeah. Some days never. But, uh, oh, and I was just going to say, and eventually you get to the point of where you already have every game at Target. So it's it's no fun to go there anymore. Not Horizons of Spirit (laughs) Island. (laughs) Yeah. It's the one that got away. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, purging mm. is that's an interesting situation like I've heard people go down the like they'll have like a rule that says if I get a game I have to get rid of a game. And you know, I see the logic in that. But I don't know. It would need to be a pretty trashy game for me to get rid of it. Although there's a lot of games that I have where it's like, man, I'm never going to play that. I don't know. So I have a feeling I'm going to be more of like, I'll just hold on to them. (laughs) They'll become, these will be the things in my will. I'll have, Pages upon pages of this game goes to this child. This game goes to the other child. <laughs> yeah. And then they take all the games over to Goodwill. Yep. When you and kick throw it them in the bin. And, and throw them in the bin. And they're like, how much do I get for this? And they're like, this is donations. You don't get anything. And they're like, do <laughs> fine. <laughs> I hate him. I'm glad he died. <laughs> yeah. Oh. This is yeah, this is your collector's edition of of uh, Dice Throne. That's what's in the w- <laughs> what's in the will for you guys to fight over. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right. Anyway, how far along are we? Whoa. Yeah, hour and a half. Hour and a half. So. How about that? So should we call it here? Yeah. Yep, I think so. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. This is episode 55. Uh, catch you all next week in episode 56. All right. This is Mark, and we'll see you at the table. Thank you.